Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hello, everyone. This is Dr. Eileen, and this is Medicine Walk. And for those of you who are listening in on Blog Talk Radio, this is Healing House Radio. So I hope everyone had a really good week, and I hope everyone uh, wasn't too put off by last week's talk. And... (laughs) The thing is, is that it's, it wasn't about discouraging anyone from seeking a path of enlightenment. And in fact, I think that that is an amazing and wonderful thing to do. What I wanted was to make sure that if that is your path, if that's something that you want to go for, that you understand that what you find or what, you know, what you seek is very, very connected to what you want to find, your definition of enlightenment, your vision of what that word means, which is unique to you. So I really wanted to start off with people understanding that to find their way to what, however they define that, whether it's absolute love all the time and not feeling anything but that, to complete detachment from everything in the world and life and just to have that oneness. Um, It is very much based on, first off, what you believe your destination looks like, and second, what you believe your starting point is. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about, okay, you've decided you have, you know, chosen to, you know, follow this path and you want to find that in yourself, which, hey, awesome. So now we're going to talk about ways that you can approach that. So let's talk first about the idea of, let's say, you know, if you just want to feel love and be in a place of love for all things and for everything. The first thing you're going to have to do is look inside, look into yourself. Because in order to be able to hold all things in love, the first thing you have to hold in love is yourself. You need to be able to find that place of acceptance, of forgiveness, of love for who you are in all of your parts. We have light and shadow. Everyone carries light and shadow. It is not a part of human nature to not feel emotions like anger or fear. So if you want to move beyond that, the first thing you have to do is look inside at all of those places where anger and fear live within you. And, you know, maybe, you know, in the form of resentment, maybe in the form of envy or, you know, whatever it is, you have to be willing to take an objective and loving look at what lies within you. And this can be very tricky. This can, because, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, I love myself. I accept myself and all of this. It's like, you know, you got to go deeper. You have to go to those places because, you know, it's, it's very easy 
to just say, oh, yes, you know, I love and accept myself. And then that little nagging voice comes in and, you know, we find those little things to pick at ourselves about or to pick up, you know, with somebody else. If you're falling into gossip, nope, you're not there yet. You know, I mean, you know, you're you're on your way. But when we actually take a look at all of those things within us, all of those little, you know, the little negatives, the little human reactions, somebody cuts you off on the freeway, the first reaction is rarely, I love you. It's son of a biscuit. What is wrong with that person? So if you want to be in that place of love at all times with all things, and keep in mind, this is going to take a long time. This is going to take quite a while for you to be able to do this because it is a process. And because it is not a natural process, it is something that we have to create sort of a spiritual muscle memory for. So, you know, if you're ready to, you know, to head down that rabbit hole called enlightenment, then you know, the first part is you're going to have to incorporate some serious meditative practices. And if you, you know, do want to be in that place of love, absolute, then you need to be able to meditate on loving yourself. You need to be able to go in and find every single dark corner and deal with it and clean it out. It's it, basically, it's like going in and cleaning out the basement. So when you're stepping into something like this, it is very important to have a guide. It's very important to have someone who kind of knows a bit about that process. And, um, and, and I want to talk a little bit about finding someone. Uh, it's really easy to, you know, find people who will be very happy to tell you, oh, well, you know, I can bring you enlightenment. I can, I can take you down the path and I can show you this and I can, you know, all of this. The thing is, make sure that the enlightenment that they're leading you to is the one you chose, not theirs, not their vision of enlightenment, not their view of it, but your view of it. You want to find someone who can guide you to find what's right for you, not tell you what's right for you based on what they believe. One of my favorite things that I tell people that if, you know, you're talking to a prospective teacher or guide or anyone, ask them what they're learning. What are they studying? Because if you find somebody who has, you know, enough of a humble heart to realize that they don't know everything and who is excited to learn, who's excited to, you know, be in that place of the student and who can identify with that place in the student. Well, that's that's a teacher that moves to the top of my list. Because if I say, so what are you learning? And they go, well, I don't need to learn anything. It's like, and we're done. You will have to find your guide and your teacher because this is a very, very special relationship. This is someone who is helping you find you and helping you find that ultimate expression of what you call enlightenment. So make sure that if you find someone, that it's someone who isn't more interested in talking about what they've done than asking about what you want to do. So 
uh, once you find someone, they will be talking to you and, and working with you on what are the practices in order to get to that place. If you want to kind of push everything else aside and, and focus on love and, you know, or maybe you want to just focus on gratitude or maybe you want to just focus on forgiveness or, you know, or whatever it is that is your goal and your definition of enlightenment, that will be your work. And it's holding it for as long as you possibly can. And through progressive meditations where you go deeper and deeper and deeper into yourself and into that place of, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just dealing with this or I'm triggered by something. If you're feeling triggered by something, to be able to immediately transition from triggered to peaceful or trigger from triggered to tranquil, let's call it that. So depending on how much time it takes for you to go from one point to another, that will talk to you about how well you're doing and being able to move forward with that. And it's not about pretending. It's not about trying to, you know, put up a false front or, you know, to say something that is not resonating true for you. If you say, oh, well, I forgive them and I love them. And then there's still that nagging piece inside of you that's still kind of irritated at what they did then there's still more work to be done. But it is a practice, and it's a practice that is going to take a long, long, long time. Yeah, don't think that, you know, it comes after a weekend seminar. You know, I mean, and yes, there are those who have these amazing epiphanies, and suddenly, bam, they get it. And that is few and far between. In most cases, this is about a major journey. It's, it's about an adventure that you are going to go on within yourself because that's where the enlightenment lies. It, it, it's not out here somewhere. Enlightenment lies within you. It lies in your heart. It lies in your mind. It lies in your spirit. And whatever gets you to that point, that is for you to discover because this whole process is a process of discovery. It's not about crossing the finish line. It's about every single step that it takes to get you there because it is in those steps that the enlightenment lies. So let's say that um, your goal isn't about, you know, love for everything. What if your goal is a complete detachment from, you know, all emotions? And for some people, that is their definition of enlightenment that they are no longer attached to anything, anyone, and they're, you know, in absolute oneness with all creation and therefore aren't attached to any of it. So that is a different type of work because that's not about, oh, well, you know, I have an emotion that I identify with and I can identify love. You know, most of us can identify what, what love feels like to us. It's a lot harder to visualize or be able to embody easily the idea of complete detachment because we always have attachments, you know, maybe our pet, maybe our family, maybe our, our children, uh, maybe a, a particular piece of music. Because if you go in that direction of enlightenment where there is no attachment to anything, 
That means quite literally surrendering your attachment to the things you love most. And, you know, for some, yeah, that's the goal. That's the path. And if that's it for you, you know, I, I, I truly wish you luck because that's probably one of the hardest things. It's sort of like, you know, people who meditate and think of nothing. Thinking of nothing is probably the hardest meditation that anybody could do because we're always thinking of something. So where you have a focus of love with, with one type of enlightenment, with this one, you have a focus of nothing. And that can be tricky. That involves meditations that, um, well, it's, it's about a phenomena that uh, Wayne Dyer used the phrase shooting the gap. And it's a tradition that, you know, goes back probably as long as humanity goes back. And it is an idea of being in the nothing. It is an idea of, you know, that space after one thought ends and before the next one begins. It is stillness incarnate. You do not resonate with anything. You simply are. And there are people who, you know, for them, that is their ultimate goal. That is their ultimate sense of enlightenment. So if that is your goal, then it will take a very specific type of teacher. And, you know, again, this is someone who, you know, you will need to be able to figure out whether or not this person really is the right person based on their detachment. Whenever you're seeking any type of teacher, whether it's for enlightenment or whether it's for healing or Reiki or, or, or whatever, take a look at what they do more than what they say. You know, the old saying, actions speak louder than words. And yeah, you know, catch them in those unguarded moments. Catch them in those spontaneous moments. You know, are they exhibiting anger when they talk about, no, you know, you have to be in that place of love? Are they, do they exhibit fear when they talk about you know, the fact that, you know, they think it's wrong to be in fear. So take a look, review them. Inter I mean, this is almost an interview process. I want you to consider this. When you're looking for a teacher or anyone, whether it's for this or anything else, you are interviewing them, not the other way around. You are going to be trusting them as your teacher. And for me and my students, that's a relationship that I take very seriously. It is a, an agreement. It is a responsibility. When I attune in Reiki, it, I consider it a bond created between that person and myself as their teacher, as their guide, as the one who, if they have a problem that they can turn to. So, you know, look for that. Look for authenticity. Look for humility. Look for, as I said, someone who is not so much interested in talking about themselves and what they do as they do asking you questions about what you would like to do and how you would like to see that manifest. So, you know, that's definitely to consider. Uh, having help in this process, it, it's not required. You can technically do this on your own. And in some cases, it's actually better that way. So you'll have to figure out what it is that 
feels right to you? What is it that feels authentic to you? And I mean, the world is technology, you know, taken to a far greater degree than any elder probably figured that we would. So the thing is, is that, um, you know, does that rule out uh, somebody on, say, YouTube, you know, somebody who teaches that way or someone who teaches in, you know, webinars and things like that? I mean, it's really good if you can sit down with that person. And nowadays it's not required. You can FaceTime and video chat and all those things. And all of that can work as long as the heart of it, the core of it, is that relationship, that, that teacher-student relationship. Now, is it necessary for you to go live up on a mountain? Well, un unless you decide that that's what's necessary, if that's what you feel called to do, okay. Um, if not, it's not required. So I really want to encourage you to separate what you think you should be doing or, or what you believe, well, if I'm doing this, this is how I'm supposed to do it. No, this, is, this process is organic. It's yours. If you feel called to you know, sell all your possessions and you know, go off and, and live with a guru or whatever, if that's what you're called to do, okay. Should you do it because somebody else said, oh, that's what you need to do? No. This is about you in your ultimate space of empowerment and choice. This is your journey and your process. So make sure that you're keeping it real with yourself, that you're not just kind of following along. You know, if a guru comes and tells you, it's like, well, you need to sell all your possessions and follow me around and do stuff for me. And, you know, and then I will see if you're ready for enlightenment. No, I, I will just say flat out no to that. Because that means it's about them. It's not about you. You know, I mean, are there really great gurus who might, you know, do something like that? Set up an apprenticeship? Yeah. But be very, very careful if somebody's telling you that you need to give up all your possessions or, or whatever, you know, unless that rings true for you. You know, you don't have to cut yourself off from the world because the thing is, is that even if you go and get enlightened, you need to be able to come back into the world. You need to be able to be a part of the world and hold on to that. So it's not about, you know, achieving it. It's about the maintenance. And I honestly could not envision anything more challenging than trying to maintain a sense and a space of enlightenment just living life, which is why I don't look for that, which is why I figure enlightenment is what comes after I finish learning and doing and enjoying myself and doing everything I can to be in this world and to, to participate in this world. Enlightenment will come later. Enlightenment will come when I'm done with this. You know, one of my favorite posters that my mom had was life is the childhood of my immortality. You know, for me, just for me, the enlightenment part goes with the immortality part. This is my childhood and I should be having fun and I should be learning. So, you know, if, if 
you choose that, you know, that, nope, this is, this is my lifetime to do this and embrace this, then do it, embrace it. And the whole time, remember, this is not something you have to do. This is something you get to do. There should be, there should be a sense of joy and, and embracing it because there's going to be hard times, especially when you're looking through, you know, doing that personal inventory of all parts of you and learning how to love yourself anyway. These types of works can have a profound effect on you. And the best thing that you can do is be able to say, yep, I'm still on the right path. I still love doing this. This is, this is important enough to me that I'm willing to be uncomfortable. So embrace it. It's yours. You have every right to it. And you have every right to have it be what it is that you would like it to be. And getting to that place of either, you know, consummate love all the time or consummate detachment all the time or wherever else on the spectrum you have, you know, Yours is your own sense of enlightenment. Maybe it's, you know, maybe, hey, Dr. Eileen, mine aren't as extreme as that. You know, mine falls somewhere, you know, within the spectrum. Perfect. Whatever it is that you, I just use those as examples of the idea of, you know, meditative practices, self-discipline, being able to really be in that place of evaluating your reactions as soon as you get triggered. What gets you from triggered to tranquil? How do you manage that? How, what does that look like for you? And what is the process? What is it within you that slows that process down? Could it be, you know, old trauma? Could it be um, insecurities? Could it be abandonment issues? Whatever it is, it's okay. Because in the process you're going to go through, you're going to work through all of that. You'll be able to find that balance point, create that eye of the storm. You know, normally an eye of the storm is not permanent. And that's the nature of the eye is that it just gives you a place to kind of get your feet up under you and take a breath before the next half of the storm comes through. To seek a path of enlightenment means that you find that eye of the storm and that is your world. That is your reality. So it's a practice. And if it's hard, yeah, it's going to be, but it's going to be worthwhile. It may be challenging. It may be difficult for the people around you. And in fact, next week, we're going to be talking about being enlightened and still living in your world with your relationships and managing that. And, you know, and how sometimes people will go, you know, kind of do little things to sort of detract you from it or maybe even sabotage it for their own reasons and finding the people that will support you in it. So um, come back next week and, you know, we'll be discussing, you know, (laughs) enlightenment and the world and your family and your relationships, because those are an important part of it, whether they support you or whether or not they detract, you're still going to have to be able to find your balance point. And so we'll be talking about that next week. So thank you for joining me. I hope you found value in this. Um, It is a very interesting subject. 
And a lot of it is based on what you decide and what you choose. So if you have any questions or comments and you're either on Blog Talk Radio or this is not the premiere episode, or if you come up with a thought after the episode ends, then please put them in the comments. I do read the comments and check them. You can also reach me through Twitter and you can reach me through my Facebook page, Medicine Walk with Dr. Eileen. And you can be able to um, you know, leave messages for me there. Uh, both those links are in the description. And if you really enjoyed this, then please, you know, hit that like button. And if you really like it and, you know, you want to be able to support the channel, you can subscribe and you can share the videos. You can also, if you would like to support on a higher level, uh, in the link in the description is the link to my Patreon account. And that allows me to, I needed to get new equipment. And so uh, that allowed me to do that. Basically, it's a monthly support that could be as low as $2 a month. And what it does is it allows me to be able to make this channel better. And that's what I want to do. And if you have any suggestions for making this channel better, please post them. I would love to hear your, your input. Um, I see this as a community and, you know, watching it grow through subscribers and, and the supportive patrons and, you know, liking the videos, you know, those are all things that, you know, I want to be able to have as much for you as for me. I mean, I'm having a blast. I'm having a ball with this. And I hope, my hope is, is that you be able to, you know, get some sort of, you know, help out of it, some sort of guidance, or maybe even if it's just to feel maybe, maybe a path like that isn't impossible. You know, miracles happen all the time. And a lot of them are the ones we create. So embrace what it is that you would like and see how you can make it possible. So thank you. Thank you for being with me. Hopefully I'll, you'll join me next week. And as always, I wish you balance and I wish you blessings from my heart to yours. Love you and class dismissed. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.